You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast, episode 72 of the MVP Buzz Chat series. In this episode, I'm talking with Business Apps MVP Sandy Usia. Hey, this is Christian Buckley with another MVP Buzz Chat interview, and I'm here with Sandy this morning. Good morning. Hi, Christian. How are you? I'm doing well. And so why don't you introduce yourself for folks that don't know you? We've known each other for years. I see you at events around the world. And why don't, why don't you introduce yourself? Okay. Yeah, I'm Sandy Usia. I'm Sandy U on Twitter. And I am a uh, Power Apps and Power Automate MVP um, of about a year ago. Uh, I'm also a technical evangelist for Lightning Tools, which is a SharePoint ISV based in the UK. And I am co-host of the Flow Pro Show, uh, which is well, a that, That's a fun name, Flow Pro <laughs> Show. Uh-huh. Uh, which is a monthly webcast around Power Automate. And um, also, I'm a digital nomad, my husband and I are. Yeah, that's a, and that's an interesting piece, like, because you guys made that decision. How long have you been doing that? A couple of years back, right? Uh, over four years. Four years ago. So where have you been? Where have you nomaded? Um, up until, well, so 2019, we've been all in the States because we were spending time. I was helping my mom get ready to move from Pittsburgh to Naples, Florida, which I, was where I am right now. And, um, but prior to that, we had spent about half the year in Europe and half the year in the States. So Germany, Italy, UK, mainly uh, a little bit of Croatia and Sweden. And then um, Northern California a good bit because that's where our daughter lives. Um, DC fairly often, that's where our son lives. And um, just generally around the country, around the world. So I have to ask this, it's like, like how do you, I mean, wh what is that life like? I mean, there's, uh, I mean, most people that will claim nomad status will be like a, in a single wide, you know, or, or an RV traveling the, the country type thing. But, mm -hmm. you know, so, so what are you guys actually doing? <laughs> uh, well, we usually just buy a, one-way ticket someplace we want to go. Uh, might be based on my speaking schedule or work schedule or just someplace we want to go. And then we stay there for a while and then we decide where to go next pretty much. But um, we, we each just carry a carry-on bag and a laptop bag and everything else is um, gone. <laughs> we, we sold our house and our cars and our um, and gave away most of our belongings. We just have a small storage unit where our house used to be. Wow, that that's a big change. So mm -hmm. I mean, so you. So obviously, we've talked about you. I see you at tech events. I've seen you, uh, seen your face at other you know online events where I'm mm -hmm. participating remotely. Uh, you know, I've tried to convince my wife to uh, now that we're empty nesters to. Mm -hmm. Uh, to go and do something like that. Of course, my wife is working full-time and also in school full-time. Mm -hmm. And with the grandchild now arrived, uh, she has less of an interest to like leave the country for a year. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, so from a tech perspective, I mean, you're, you're to, to go and live around are, you know, working on projects or are you just finding someplace that's really interesting where you want to live and then just kind of doing your work wherever right. you are. Right. That's basically it. I was already working remotely for Lightning Tools when we lived in Pittsburgh, which is our hometown. And um, 
so it doesn't make that much difference really where I am. It's just um, good internet is a major criterion for where we choose to stay, mostly Airbnbs, but we've also done some house sitting as well. So that's free place to stay while you just watch somebody's cat or something. You know, it's interesting. I've worked for several companies that have been the business of creating collaboration technology mm -hmm. and almost all of them, I think any of them, all of them, uh, we're against remote work. You know, they, it, That's, it just makes seems, no sense. right. It makes no sense. It, it uh, you're right. I mean, like my requirement is um, that I need to live my, within an hour of a major airport. Like I don't want to have to everywhere I go hop, you know, once, you know, from a, like a minor mm -hmm. Metro, that's just my requirement. And then good internet. Mm -hmm. That's it. I could live just about anywhere in the world that has those two, those two things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes it involves some adjustment to time zones, like uh, in the work that I do, uh, I need to uh, meet with people in Europe and the US. So, for example, uh, the time on the West Coast is a little more difficult to, to have meetings with people in the UK and Europe, but, um, but it's doable. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that's, that's, uh, if anybody's not had that experience, like I where I was living in Seattle, um, managing developers in uh, India, mm. working with an architect out of Sydney, and then mm. had a bunch of clients that were in Europe. Mm -hmm. And those were difficult phone calls for somebody. It was always right. uh, uncomfortable. My, mine ended up being that I would, I had uh, uh, engineering meetings Sunday through Thursday nights, starting at 10 p.m. Mm. Well, I always figure I, I make myself be the more flexible one because it's my choice to live this way, really. And so um, I don't want to put other people out as much as possible <laughs> uh, just because this is because I choose to move around. So, <laughs> Well, what are, the, what are the topics that you're presenting on? So you do a lot of SharePoint. You, you come from the SharePoint world right. as well. So SharePoint Saturdays are, right. are just part of our DNA, I guess, for yeah. uh, many of us. Right. So what are kind of the topics that you're talking about lately? Uh, so I've kind of moved away from speaking on SharePoint. I do sometimes still submit SharePoint topics to uh, SharePoint Saturdays and Office 365 Saturdays. Well, I often do. Uh, but mostly what gets chosen is Power Apps and Power Automate. And, and that's what my MVP turned out to be in, uh, even though I've been doing speaking on SharePoint for 10 plus years <laughs> now. But well, that's uh, also kind of a, a, for people that don't understand that say, oh, well, I've never really been to a SharePoint Saturday because I'm not a SharePoint person. Mm -hmm. You need to go look at the topics mm -hmm, because, mm -hmm. you know, they really morphed. Right. They, they have. And it's and you've seen kind of a rebranding. We're doing a rebranding here in Utah mm -hmm. um, where we're calling Microsoft 365 Friday. Mm -hmm. um, there's a couple different reasons we're moving ours to Friday. We also have Saturday with workshops. Um, so we're doing slightly different things. Yeah, Nashville the, did something like that too. Right. The, the, but the model is essentially the same, that it's free to attend that main event. Uh, it's a variety of, of topics. We have a SharePoint track mm -hmm. and there's, a, there's still a lot of SharePoint for people that want to talk, you know, intranets and portals and document collaboration and, and all the automation that comes with that, intranets and extranets. Um, but to your point, you have now the Power Apps, Power Automate, a lot of Power BI. The Power Platform is a popular topic. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I organize, I help organize the SharePoint Saturday Pittsburgh. Also, uh, I initiated that, and then um, I came back and helped organize it this year as well. And um, we had, yeah, basically, a Power Platform 
track uh, and but then also yeah teams and the rest of office 365 but i would say at the at the events that are specifically branded SharePoint Saturday or SPS events, um, at least when I speak at those, I try to sort of lean toward the SharePoint space in my talking about Power Apps and Power Automate, like how it works with SharePoint. And I think most other people do kind of similar, but but there is so much more available now that you can connect to so much more and and, and really anything in the Microsoft stack. <laughs> well, that's one of the benefits of the events too, is that, uh, and, and I wish that uh, everyone who attended a SharePoint Saturday would, would do this, but uh, you know, go and talk to the speakers. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you even if they go down a niche topic or niche area, um, have them ask questions to try and relate it to your business. At, be mm -hmm. very specific, and and I'd also say that my my experience is that uh, SharePoint Saturday speakers, by a rule, are community centric people. Oh, definitely. And so they are open to you know reach out, connect with me, let's talk, ask your specific questions. Obviously, there's always that fine line. Well, what you keep asking detailed questions, what we're really doing now is you're engaging me in or trying to engage me in a free consulting. Right, network. right, right. You've got to yeah, be sensitive a, to that. Uh-huh. Right. But yeah, I, I agree that, yeah, by definition, if somebody is going to an event to speak for free, then then they enjoy just helping others for the sake of helping others or bringing, bringing them along, helping, helping them to, to learn more about the, the platform and, and what's going on. So um, yeah, that's something that, that I am definitely quite interested in, in general is just, well, um, yeah. Well, it sounds like, I mean, with your background in, in SharePoint now with the, you know, Power Apps and Automate that, uh, you know, you're all about uh, getting that deeper level. It's, the assumption is, okay, you're running SharePoint, you're, you're running these things within your organization how do you get more out of what you've already invested in? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Kind of and, I, and I really like, uh, I would say where kind of my wheelhouse as far as uh, the things that I like to speak about and what I think I'm best at is helping people kind of get started with those things. Like if they're not familiar with Power Apps or Power Automate, how to help them kind of get over that first hurdle of, of learning the basics about it and not being afraid of uh, that it looks complicated or something where I need to know some kind of code or something because there's a lot of things that you can do that don't, that really are pretty easy to do. And even if they look hard, <laughs> uh, they might not be. So, so that's what I especially like doing is showing people how to um, really take advantage of what they've got. Well, you know, Sandy, you, you know, you've written enough content, you've uh, spoken in enough uh, you know, conferences to know that people love lists. They love yeah. very proscriptive lists, like, tell me what to go and do. So, mm. Sandy, what are the five things? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Five things that people need to do to kind of get started. Where do people actually get started? What do you recommend? Um, the uh, community, the, so each of Power apps power automate and power bi have a um community a tech so not on the tech community site but on the um now i don't remember what it's called off the top of my head but like power platform community or whatever there are forums there and that's i i always tell people to go there if, to ask their questions because uh there are 
Microsoft people, but also community people who are constantly reading those questions and you usually get an answer within a day or so. I mean, if you need like an urgent answer, you should be doing something else, but, um, but there's lots of content already there. Uh, thousands of questions answered. And um, so I always tell people to go there. Um, I'm, I like watching videos and learning from them. And uh, so there's, there's a lot of really good video content like John Levesque's video uh, YouTube channel on Power Automate. Uh, Point out that John is the Microsoft person. He's, right. Uh, right, he's, right. Do you like the kind of the evangelist, evangelist for the power yes. okay. yeah. yeah, or for power automate at this power point automate. yes right. um and audrey gordon same so she had a lot of um getting started kinds of videos when she was on the power apps team now she's on power automate team and same so she's got a lot of great videos on that as well so i always recommend those two um youtube channels plus there's a lot of community things i've got a whole slide that i show on my in my jumpstart talks i've got a Power Automate Jumpstart and a Power Apps Jumpstart talk that I give a lot of places and also for private um, assistance. And uh, I've got actually two whole slides of links show to different resources, community resources and Microsoft resources on both of those. So uh, that's a great place to get started. And you post all your stuff out to SlideShare still? Uh, I wouldn't have it know off about your own all of it, or? but I do have those, yes. Okay. I, I, you know, I just like it because it is, uh, besides the fact that LinkedIn bought them, so now Microsoft owns mm -hmm. them, but SlideShare for a long time, if those that might not be familiar with SlideShare.net, uh, it actually does great on SEO. It performs mm -hmm. really well. It comes up very quickly. So it's, uh, it can be a great place to, to upload presentations. And right. Yeah. I need to get more out there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that, so that's, correct me if I'm wrong, three. Oh, okay. Go to the, so the forums of the community. Um, mm -hmm. Go to the the videos and John and Audrey kind of in those and then three um, like your resources your jumpstart yes. stuff offsite. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's three. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> well, I guess four would be just jump in and try and do something. Um, it, both of those platforms have templates available from Microsoft. So I it's up for debate whether those are necessarily good to just use as they are because they're not necessarily completely kept up to date or or vetted sometime uh, well they are vetted but uh, not necessarily updated but they're really good for learning so learning patterns of how to do things in power automate and power apps both um, uh, so that's a suggestion is to look at the templates that are on there that's four yeah. uh, <laughs> five. That, that's a fantastic way to, to go and learn and tweak mm -hmm. it look at all the attributes right. go in and modify change right. things for your own and right. and uh, test it out yep and five is just do uh, just go in and um, you know think of some use case that you have something that would really benefit you uh, if it were automated or if it were mobile um, and then Try, just try and try and do it, work through it and ask questions of the community. Um, there's power addicts uh, hashtag you can use for, well, that it's kind of been power apps, but they're trying to uh, put that across the whole platform. Um, sort of like SP help is or used to be <laughs> for SharePoint. Uh, so if you tweet and tag power addicts, uh, you'll likely get answers to your questions. So that's another one as well. Six. <laughs> Yeah, the, the uh, well, uh, yeah, I'll, that, I'll, I'll add that one to the list too. All right. But the, uh, I, the, that number five, though, the idea of just do is that pilot idea. Mm. And I think what's important about this, and 
when I provide guidance to companies and other topics, but around piloting is not to go take some out of the way scenario, right, do exactly. something that is business critical that right. you know that you're familiar with. Meaningful. It's, it's right. It needs to be meaningful. Uh, otherwise you're, I mean, you get to the end, you build it. I mean, how do you actually measure whether it worked, whether it had impact mm -hmm. if it's not meaningful? Mm -hmm. So that's essential. Yeah. I don't know if I would say business critical right away. <laughs> well, but yeah, into, but, but something but, that but it's but actually, it's, it's like an, a, a, right. I agree with that. You don't want to, I, after, after years of doing the dog fooding, the software, and I stopped uh, when I was a Microsoft employee, I stopped doing the dog fooding and being on the first release mm. because I had to work. I had external clients, you know, uh, and so I, I, where I was unable to join meetings, so it would break things mm. sometimes. And so I stopped doing this. Like, so you want to have, uh, you know, real scenarios Right. You don't want to go find your biggest client, the biggest business case that's that's out there, and go and mess with that. Right, right. Uh, but, but so sim same with same with uh, SharePoint. I would say, like when I implemented SharePoint in my manufacturing business that that I owned at that time, that's how I got into SharePoint. Was uh, I had put it in in our small business, and I just chose some things that we were spending a lot of time on, and. Um, like maintaining Excel spreadsheets and things like that and put that over into SharePoint so that uh, our, we could, even though we were a very small office and you wouldn't think we'd have to collaborate on things, but just having that all in SharePoint so that it's one truth and everybody can access it and so on, then, then that made the whole platform get adopted more easily. So that, that low hanging fruit that is also important to the business and that people would actually use. Yeah, that that is essential because then then you're actually going to have accurate feedback coming back of you know how it changed. Mm -hmm. Everybody's familiar with what it looked like before, and now you can go and you can actually look at the the the, the results and mm -hmm. and talk about the changes to that process and mm -hmm. whether it improved and what else needs to change. What's what's funny too is going through that activity is that you may then think of hey, we need to go back and refine it. We built it, it improved things, but if I were starting from now, I'd actually go and change a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. You might actually, when you, it's a funny thing that happens, and I know that you know this from the SharePoint experience too, is that when you go and shed light on a new area and improve something, and then you realize, yeah, we improved that, yet we've been doing it wrong all this time, <laughs> and we need to completely change that. Right, right, yeah. It yeah, really you don't want to just, out. you don't just want to automate a bad process, for example. Right. Right. I, still, I used to love that. About Make it go faster. <laughs> going, well, it was like a permissions thing where it was like, well, search is not working. No, it's actually search is now working. It's now a, we, what we've identified is that you had bad permissions mm -hmm. management, you know, mm -hmm. or, or, or classification of contents. So. Well, Sandy, I really appreciate your time today. People want to get in touch with you, want to learn more about you. What's the best way to reach you to get in touch with you? Uh, probably Twitter, really. Uh, Sandy, you. Uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm really active on there. But uh, you can also email me at sandy at sandyu.com. And you've got a blog, of course. And you've got, you've yeah, although it has kind of languished a bit. Because <laughs> I've, been, I've been writing content for Lightning Tools now. <laughs> yeah, the, I have the same problem. So most of my content these days is for clients, and, and a lot of it doesn't have my name on it. And so mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, it, it, you have to find time to go and do stuff for, uh, for your own blog is always... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it is an above and beyond thing, you know, so, well, Sandy, really appreciate your time. It was great talking well, to you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.